0: Welcome to the Suffolk Money Podcast, supported by Kingsfleet Wealth. We established this so that we could meet some of the most interesting people in Suffolk who will tell us about their business, about the way they look after money, or about the charity in which they're involved. Because after all, with money, you can either spend it, you can save it, or you can give it away. So today we meet Peter Basford and Peter, you have fingers in lots of different pies. But I guess the thing that I've got to know about you is you're connecting the right people with the right requirements. So you help people start businesses, you um, coach those who are already running businesses and you're absolutely determined that Suffolk is a great place to have a business. So we'd really just like to spend a little while exploring your background, your career, and then how you've ended up doing all these different things. But maybe in summary, you could just tell us what occupies your time at the moment.
1: Absolutely. Lots of things. Um, I I like to be busy. So (laughs) big things at the moment, um, Business Growth Coaches Network, which is a collection of 30 coaches now, which we started sort of two and a half years ago. um, And that's providing support to SMEs. Um, Across, particularly across East Anglia and down into London, and particularly in the north of England, and we're looking to expand that into the Midlands. Um, And we have two or three people in the south, but we want to expand that more so to have a sort of whole countrywide um, network of coaches. Um, Personally, that means I'm supporting a lot of businesses around Suffolk, in particular, Mm. um, on their journey to get to where they want to get to, um, is really important. And and we have a model that's very cost-effective. We don't believe that coaching is about filling our pockets with cash at the expense of the business that we're with. We want to justify every penny that someone spends and be able to look them in the eye and say, you know, this was um, time well spent and you've got more value than it's cost you. Alongside that, Innovation Labs, as you know. um, So back in November 19, pre-pandemic, we opened an Innovation Lab. That's with two other business partners, Peter Brady, from Orbital Media in uh, in Stone Market, and Hermione Wei, who's the ex-marketing director of Tinder and spent quite a long while in Silicon Valley in America and has a real understanding of um, fast growth. Um, And we set up Innovation Lab in Stone Market. We had about six weeks before Christmas um, we then had some terrible weather over christmas and it all went oh, it was out. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah 2019 into 2020 yeah, yeah yeah
1: horrible so we lost about a month um, and then had about six weeks before the pandemic so yeah. wow so we we'd grown um, the innovation lab to about 15 20 members at that stage um, that has eased back as people have had to um, to stay away you know for, for lots of health reasons Um hmm work living at home with elderly relatives etc mm. um, but we, we changed the model and went online so opened a virtual model and we've now got 50 or so businesses in the virtual offering um, and as we come out of pandemic we're look, looking at lots of new sites now as well so, so that takes up a fair amount of time yeah. and then as you know you and I work on, on FIPS the finance insurance and professional services group for Suffolk And that's part of my work with the LEP and the skills advisory panel. So in Norwich, there's a a similar group. And then we've set up the same for Ipswich and and Suffolk to promote financial services and professional services as a real key employer um, locally. So that uh, is a good place maybe to both end that bit and
0: start um, the exploration of you, uh, because that's all to do with finance in Suffolk. And uh, that's obviously very important to you. you're a Suffolk boy. Um, uh, tell me about yeah. Tell us a little bit about your sort of growing up in Suffolk and why why you how or how you got into finance.
1: I fell into it really. So um, I think for me, I, I knew I didn't want to go to university. Personally, it was never a motivator for me. So I did um, O levels as they were back in the day, and then A levels, and uh, and left school at that point. After O levels, a number of um, my um, my year left and went into local banks and I think up until then I was heading towards horticulture as a career that was my sort of passion that's what I did I worked in a garden centre at weekends I had a little gardening round <laughs> um, I worked at Blooms of Breslingham in the summer and, and the only thing that stopped me is they wanted me to go to college and all of the horticulture courses were very specific it was green keeping or um, farming out, uh, angle and I didn't want to specialise and I couldn't find a generalist course and it, it just put me off and so I sort of went back to square one talked to the careers officer at school they weren't much help for me that their their one message was go to university and I was like that's not for me <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I, I spoke to some of the people I knew that had gone into banks and they were all having a good time <laughs> and that- most of the days <laughs> <laughs> that led me to applying to most of the banks I had um, I had uh, interviews with Barclays and Lloyd's and um, and then didn't do very well at a levels I think um, sports and um, uh, all the adolescent things that you do had come into play and, and I didn't do so well. And, and Barclays sort of turned their nose up um, at that point. And Lloyd said, well, you can come in as a member of staff, but you're not going on our management scheme for two years. Um, naughty young man. Yes. <laughs> uh, go, and, uh, go and prove yourself and then we'll, we'll reconsider. And I think for me, that was the bit of the making of me really was, was then, OK, I, I had a good time through A-levels, mm. but actually now was the time to work. And, and I did get in and I did work hard. Mm. And in two years time, they put me on the management scheme um to pass the, the sort of assessments for that um and, and i'd started embarrassing Edmonds back in 1985 just at the as they opened the risby gate street branch um moved down to there and they've just flattened that and yes. uh, and it's going to be housing as with so many banks yeah
0: yeah very much so oh well you you joined banking two years before i did i went through a similar thing but i joined in 87 um, I joined NatWest originally but um, yeah I felt the same I didn't want to go down the route of university at that stage I, I, end- I was going to say I was too immature I'm just not sure if I'm even immature enough now but um, you know it, it just didn't feel right to me and I'm also I'm quite independent so the idea of being supported for another few years of education just didn't appeal to me um, whereas something where you could move and have a career with a structure and a format to progress upon just had an appeal so what what happened next
1: so so the first um four years four or five years um Barrister Edmonds, um back in the day the machine room you know pro yeah. school, oh. all day yep. every day in a, in a back room before they'd let you out to see the light of day and anywhere near um, a customer um, and I and banking had started to change in the late 80s, early 90s. I had the the ability to talk to people, I think, and so start, you know, was able to strike up, up conversations when I was on the till and um, etc. Um, and then they they introduced a role called sales coordinator, which was to try and generate some more business within the branch. And they said, you can speak to people, you can do that. I did okay at that um and that led to me being seen by some external visitors to the branch and and before i knew it they'd moved me across to internal audit um so it touches on your world now so (laughs) we were we were then licensed to audit financial advisors within the the bank Uh, so we were qualified as financial advisors but but only for auditing purposes rather than giving advice Mm. so we set about um east anglia Checking up on what the financial advisors were doing and making sure that the you know documentation was good and um, and had sort of eighteen months, two years, so so very much in audit, but also seeing um, what was going on with with the developing sector of financial advice in the bank. Yeah. Um, at the end of that, I went to they put me into Mildenhall for a, I think a, a month or so as an assistant manager um, that was covering, and then um, to Sudbury, so. Uh, became the bank manager for Sudbury Um, but it was supposedly the personal banking side and on my first day there the senior manager took me into his office and said right you know welcome Um, so this branch here has 30 odd staff we've got the whole of the Sudbury area Um, I deal with the farmers and uh, you won't see much of me because I I need to get out and look after all the farming around here Mm -hmm. so you run the branch I'm here for you. (laughs)
0: uh, just get on with it okay
1: um and and true enough he absolutely was there for me if ever there was a was any sort of issue um but effectively um ran the the front end of the uh, the customer facing part of that branch um for a couple of years again banking was changing lloyd's had merged with tsb we bought cheltenham and gloucester along the way i think I'd started to, to see some things in, in retail banking that I didn't particularly like. Um, this would have been mid to late 90s, I'm mid, guessing. Mid 90s. Mid 90s, yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough that, that I had a, a client base of my own, which was generally the high net worth um, clients. So I'd started referring them to Lloyd's Private Banking, the investment part of the group, and did quite a bit of that. And so I appeared on the private bank's radar uh, and they said, why don't you come and train to be a manager with us? Why don't you come across and do more of this? Because you obviously can talk to high net worths. So I went up to Norwich um, from Sudbury to um, train to be a manager. The manager in charge um, fell pregnant. They basically said, well, while while she's away, um, would you like to run the office? So I said, "Okay, I'll have a go at that. Uh, And while she was on maternity leave, she got promoted um, to run Chelmsford. So they then said, oh, carry on, old chap. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) sort of fell into it. was very lucky, um, really. Um, So that was my first real job of really running an operation. um, And we covered East Anglia from that Norwich office or Mm. Orfolk, Suffolk and a bit of Cambridgeshire. Um, I made some mistakes and I was sub-30, I was 28, 29 at that stage, Mm. Um, had a very experienced team um, uh, who were were great but um, you know you make mistakes along the way, Mm. after a couple of years um, there was an opportunity to be promoted to go to Liverpool, I was quite fancied Liverpool really so um, I applied for this job in Liverpool and um, someone who turned into be a really good friend over many years got the job and I didn't and it was like, oh, I'd really built myself up for this job in Liverpool. Uh, and, and after the interview, I was told, don't worry about it. Something else will come along soon. About a month later, they said, how do you fancy going to Newcastle? I was like, well, oh. that wasn't really on my agenda. And <laughs> Other than the football team, I don't know that much about the area. And I remember saying to mum and dad, um, it'll be a couple of years. I'll go to Newcastle for a couple of years and... Um, We'll probably have a bit of a mansion and a tennis court and, you know, space for horses and double garage or treble garage. And, you know, anyway, got up there and house prices were about the same as where we'd (laughs) (laughs) be. But we fell into a really nice village in Northumberland. My boys were uh, four and six at that stage. They went to the village school. All of the mums were around um, and most of the dads were working in and out of Newcastle. So um, we built quite a nice sort of life up there, really, and mm. always got settled. So um, I did very well in Newcastle. I was clever enough to realise what I'd done wrong in Norwich and not make the same mistakes again. We went from sort of bottom to top nationally, um, got quite a bit of attention, which led to me being promoted to be regional director. So there were four of us around the country. I had East, North and Scotland, which literally gave me chance. <laughs> Um, all the way up the east side, uh, over the top of Birmingham, and I had Manchester, Liverpool, Newcastle, Leeds, um, and Scotland, which is a huge geographically. We've only really had Edinburgh and Glasgow until we opened in Aberdeen, so open that. Goodness me. Um, so that was quite a big job. Um, and then uh, banking crises along the way, the, the group reorganising, they wanted four, three instead of four. Um, regional directors. I was the one left without a chair as they recarved up the country. Um, so I ended up living in Newcastle but working in London doing projects for um, the private bank for a while. So mm. it was a fair bit of commuting. Sure. Um, and then um, one of the projects was a, a, a something they wanted to create with the commercial bank which was looking after directors and owners. Um, and so we set up a new bank effectively within the bank um, commercial personal banking. And we went from 10 staff to at its peak, 76 staff making 32 million. And there was three of us that sort of built that business. So whilst I've always, you know, all that time was in Lloyd's, there's so many different variations. And I think if I'd have stayed in retail banking, for example, I probably would have left a long while ago, Yeah. but by the, the variety, um,
0: so there were sort of entrepreneurial skills that you needed all the way through yeah, all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and taking people with you and and sharing a vision as to what could, you could do, um, overcoming issues, trying to work your way through, around a huge organisation with very set rules um, to deliver something new. So did all all of that for a, a good while. Again, the, the crisis in two thousand eight nine. Mm. Anything that was non-core and relatively small was for no more. So ended up go, moving into the commercial bank in Newcastle. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then um, rolling the clock forward a little bit. 2014 came back to Suffolk to lead the commercial bank down here. While the boys were sort of growing up, you know, I was committed to them going through schooling in the northeast. Um, once they'd gone off to university that changed things really for me and, and enabled me to be freer um and and then just the Suffolk role came up and if I was going to come back that was the one really mm-hmm. in terms of leading the commercial bank down here so um it, it all sort of uh, came together really at the at the right time once the boys had gone to uni it was um I was freer to get back.
0: Okay and how how much longer did you then have with the bank?
1: Four years um I remember coming back and, and the the bank's great on matrices and, and performance. So there was this 25 box matrices and it, and it covered risk and compliance, um, performance, staff view, um, all of those things. And and one was the, the best you could be in 25 was the bottom. Um, and, when, and, and when you go to the interview, they don't tell you how well that any of that's going, but sure enough, we were in box 25. And, and if they'd been box 26, we'd have been in that as well. <laughs> So to really sort of pick up the pieces, really, you know, the staff were the morale wasn't good. Um, They were a bit battered. They'd been through some some fairly significant change and felt unsupported and therefore performance was way off. So and and profile was really low. So my role was about picking all of that up, being the leader, um, picking the team up. They're all really good people, really great people, but just um, battered. So. Um, developing a team, getting it going again, getting a, out and letting people know that we were a, still a bank that wanted to lend money mm. um, and did want to help local businesses. And, and that was my part was really to be the front of that um, and allow the guys who were brilliant bankers to, to manage things in the background. So, uh, so we, yeah, we moved from box 26 up to, you know, top five Um and again, reorganizations come along fairly regularly in 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 the organisations. Um, and 2018, there was an opportunity to, well, there was a reorganisation, and I didn't have a role. They offered me other roles around the country, and I said, I'm not leaving Suffolk. Basically, I'm done. I've done 16 years in the northeast for you, mm. um, two years in in Norwich as well. I'm, I'm not going. My parents are still here, and I'm really keen to be around them. Mm. um so it was no um if you'd like to let me go then that'd be lovely thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll go the opportunities <laughs> so that sounds to me so all these skills that you picked up along the way so we talked about the sort of entrepreneurial nature of starting new roles or coaching people who were who you were working with to improve their performance um networking with businesses and meeting startups talking to their Uh, talking to them about their business plans. These are all the things that you are now able to use in your next stage of life, as it were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Lloyd's is amazing. I mean, some of the opportunities that I had in terms of travelling, not just the UK, but further afield um, on trips to to do business um, and exposure and the learning, um, leadership training, um, exposure to international speakers, Um, I'm looking at my wall here, exposure to professional golfers, you know, being around, you know, some of, I remember sitting in in Edinburgh, literally pinging golf balls against a wall between sessions with Justin Rose and, you know, lots of that sort of stuff that you just get to meet amazing people, both business people and sports people um, and learn so much. So yeah, leaving Lloyds was about trying to pull all of that together, but then carry on doing good things. But I suppose I'd got to the point where I didn't need the Lloyd's banner next to me to get me through a door. I'm quite able to do that for myself now, and have the confidence to do that.
0: So, was the coaching network the first thing that you had in mind then? Yes. And why did why was that an issue that you felt needed to be addressed?
1: So, while at Lloyd's, again, you know, some of the really great stuff that they enabled to do, I, I got involved with the School of Social Entrepreneurs in Ipswich. Mm-hmm. So I had been coaching and supporting um, there. Um, that had an innate, well, it's a year's programme, but everybody that I'd worked with wanted to carry on working with me. Um, that, you know, that they'd got some value and, and wanted that to continue. So that was quite a good sign. I'd coached lots of colleagues over the years, some of them now in much higher jobs than I ever got to. And, and I was really proud of that. Um, how I'd helped people. I think one of the best teams I ever built around the North was, was really fundamentally about staff engagement and coaching and support for them and always trying to bring on another member of the team who was brighter than me um, and had different um, values to me rather than recruiting in my own image, which you sometimes see um and so you know all those sorts of things come together and you think actually i'm pretty good at coach i've got a a qualification a post degree qualification in coaching along the way um so the lead up to me leading leaving lloyd's it it was being signposted that change was coming Uh, i think again smart enough to see the the writing was on the wall then that they were using a, a, a phrase around male pale and stale for anybody that got to about 50 and you think um yeah do you know what Maybe it's for somebody else to take this further forward. So um, I'd started doing a bit of coaching with non-Lloyd's customers evenings and weekends prior to leaving for free just to help them out. And when Lloyd said, you know, you can go and, and, you know, as long as you don't go to another bank, well, that's all fine. And so I said to those businesses, you know, first of all, I'm thinking about turning this into a, a commercial operation. Would you pay me to come and see you? this is what I'm thinking of charging mm. um, rather than doing it for free. Bless them. They absolutely all said yes. Uh, and then said, well, if you're going to do that, um, we know some other businesses if you've got some more time that we can introduce you to. So that was the start of it, really, um, you know, with a sort of handful of clients. I roped in a couple of ex-Lloyd's colleagues and said, do you fancy doing a bit more of this? People I knew were really good at coaching as well. Um, they blindly came along. <laughs> so well, then we'll give it a go. Um, And and that's where we started and rolling the clock forward two and a half years now, we've got 30 coaches um, and and an ambition um, to get to 50 in due course and cover the whole of uh, of England. Um, I think, you know, having some sort of vision is what we talk to businesses about. And and we absolutely have that, that we want to to be a one stop shop um, for businesses looking for advice and guidance um, and to cover the whole of the country.
0: And is there any particular sectors or industries that you focused on through that or have you just allowed each coach to just find their own way?
1: The criteria for for joining the the group broadly is you get that we're a low cost model and you have to work for your money, Um, that we like you because um, that's really important both for clients and for other coaches that we get on. And thirdly, that you bring some additional skills to the group. Now that might be sector experience, it might be broader life experience, but you add something to the mix. So our, our pot of, of intellectual property and knowledge grows each time we take on somebody new. Mm. Um, and then it's also driven by customer need. So for example, a little while ago before, again, before COVID, when we used to all talk about Brexit, uh, and we were hearing a lot of talk about Brexit and what do you think the impact will be on my business and what am I going to have to do differently? We went and found somebody and, and specifically targeted someone who had an expertise in international trade mm. um, to join the team. So we had that expertise rather than what the likes of me and the other coaches can pick up from journals and the news, but actually somebody that really understood it to mm. add back to the mix. And we continue to do that. So recently we've been focusing on retail, and hospitality, because it's a sector that's had some real issues, as you know, um, and bringing on sort of expertise in that area. Again, digital skills as well um, is absolutely critical for businesses in, in the world that we're in. So we've been targeting more people with more skills around digital to become coaches um, to, again, enable us to help and support more businesses and help the existing businesses we work with in a different way. And how
0: would you define for someone who's perhaps listening to this for the first time and uh, trying to understand how a coach works or a business coach in this context? Um, how would you define what you do or how you work with business leaders?
1: So, so we real variety, because it, as I, I say constantly, it's not about us. It, we're the least important people. It's it's about the business and what the business needs. So, so my role as a coach um, one day I am coaching. So, you know, um, what is your solution to this problem? What are you thinking about? What are your options? Those sorts of questions. Um, Other days, I could be more like a chairperson. So I need you to go and do X, Y, and Z. And um, when we meet next, let's see how we're progressing those. Some more like a mentor where they just want to talk to somebody. Um, Sometimes a shoulder to cry on because it's really tough running a business and my goodness, the last 18 months has really challenged lots of people. Um, Somebody definitely to encourage the business to to, um, really enjoy the successes that having and take a little bit of time to say, well done. You know, you've moved from here to here or you've done these things really well. Um, That's really tough and and just take time to smell the roses and, and, and pat yourself on the back and be a bit of a cheerleader for the business owner in its own right Um, and sometimes it's much more strategic so it might be getting into the real weeds with a business plan and a cash flow forecast and a a staffing plan and really into the detail with them but it's very much what they want um, and bring that you know that 30 plus years of business experience to to help them um, on their journey.
0: Oh goodness me so how did it develop from that to The innovation labs concept, which is, I mean, obviously, you know, I know Stone Market very well. lived there for a while, and Stone Market is, to me, strategically, could be one of the most important towns in the in in the region. Just just geographically, it's on the main line to London. It's on the A fourteen, sort of slap bang in that. And you obviously felt this is a great place to to launch something to start off new businesses
1: yeah so i think a coming together of circumstance really so when i was um when i was at lloyd's i got introduced to peter brady at orbital media we were talking about um what was going on locally broadly i was talking to him about moving his business to lloyd's um, a really amazing successful entrepreneur and i wanted him as a client um that fell into a conversation around his thoughts about having some sort of tech hub in Stowmarket. There'd been work going on for four or five years with the, the local chamber of commerce in Stowmarket and the council that had got to a point and then stopped and, and just stalled. Peter was a little frustrated about that. He could see some opportunity to help um, young entrepreneurs locally. Um, I'd been on a cycle ride with Ipswich Town, a 150-mile tour of... Suffolk cycle ride. I can see you smiling because you think, <laughs> wow, know, that's going, oh, goodness. Looking at me going, oh, who's he? And on that cycle, one of the, the people worked for, um, was an economic development officer for, for Mid Suffolk and Baber, um, a, a very, a very helpful and, and very forward thinking um, lady. And and, and I had a meeting with her after it, and it was one of the subjects that came up. She said she didn't know much about that, but actually was right behind it. So we we convened a meeting. I had one or two other sort of local business connections. So there was a mix of council, chamber of commerce, a few interested business parties, Peter Brady being one of them. We got together and and talked about it some more. They commissioned a study. Um, The study effectively said what um, Peter Brady and um, the local chamber of commerce had been saying for four or five years that there was an absolute need to try and stop Stowmarket becoming a dormitory town, um, and that there there was space and and want for that. Um, And then again, it sort of paused a bit. I went off and finished my Lloyds career, um, started doing the coaching, moved along the way I'd moved to Stowmarket because I was covering Suffolk and it was a great midpoint for me for getting all directions across the county and down to London if I had to go for meetings. So, I suppose I got a little bit more involved in Stow Market and a little bit more interested in what was going on here. Um, and then Peter got in touch and said, um, Some premises have come up. Um, the council, you know, it's paused, but I think, shall we just go for it? And I sort of went, Yeah, right then. And he said, Oh, I've met this rather really interesting person called Hermione. Uh, I think she should be involved as well. Shall we have a get together? She'd recently returned from America. Um, and uh and was interested and, and has been involved in in sort of innovation space abroad um, and early stage businesses abroad and brought a completely different perspective to it to my old-fashioned banker you know where's where's the property that I can tie down security to to uh, you know I remember us having a conversation I'm saying so how do you validate the business they've got nothing and she's saying I can raise them half a million quid now I'm going, whoa, <laughs> it's different to my world. Um, and, and actually, it's really positive, I think, that we we have this completely different perspective because neither of us are right or wrong, but actually that, that sort of breadth of uh, information can help lots of businesses. So as I say, we, we set up in November 19 and, um, and, and to have carried on since then, trying to support some businesses. We've got some great case studies now of success.
0: So how many businesses are connected with the Innovation Lab now?
1: so in total probably about 65 so that's about 15 um physical um you know that that have have desk space Mm -hmm. and about 50 that are virtual members so we we run a whole program of events including an academy to help them run their business better
0: and this is situated not far from the station from my yeah absolutely
1: by the station yeah um in Wharfside House so we've got the river and a a terrace at the back where people can sit outside in a really in the middle of town but we've got kingfishers we've got egrets we've got fish and and the river running through so really quite relaxing sort of spot um 21 hot desks and a boardroom
0: so 15 who go in and use that space and another 50 now that you've moved more of your support online are connected through that way and are they all in the stone market area now or because you've gone online you've been able to reach out to further areas as well
1: so so across um so new anglia lep um across norfolk and suffolk have supported us amazingly and and julian munson's been a great support there so so they gave us some funding to to extend the offer Um, so so businesses across um norfolk suffolk predominantly one or two in essex but predominantly norfolk and suffolk so we've got a cluster of businesses in Norwich that are, that are working with us, obviously a cluster around Ipswich, Stowe Market um, and East Suffolk as well, in particular. And, and, and really, it's not just tech, it's any business that wants to innovate in some way. What's
0: the, in inverted commas, target market of the, of the innovation lab? You know, who are you appealing to and what can you offer them as a, as a service?
1: Yeah, so so I think if you wanted to set up a business now, the the cheapest way to do it is go to Costa, buy a coffee, sit down at a desk, plug your laptop in and away you go. Um, and, And there are some hot desking spaces that I think that pretty much is the offer is you pay for a desk, you can come and plug in here at whatever time day or night you want to do that. And that's what you pay for. Our model is very different to that. Um, And and the magic is about the support really that that we offer so all of the members can book one to ones with the the four of us actually because we've we've brought somebody else in as well. um, To talk about their business one to one, so they book half hour slots with us we're all available for that Um, on a weekly basis, we have um, a number of group sessions, so we do pitching practice on a Monday so. You know, if any business is going to succeed, they need to be able to pitch what they've got. Um, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we have group accountability sessions. So we call those stand-ups where you'll get a number of the members come on online, talk about what they've achieved in the last week, talk about what they're planning to achieve in the week ahead. We will hold them to account and ask them how they got on, um, which is quite important. I think particularly for some of these early stage businesses that are working remotely to just encourage them to keep nudging their business forward. Um, and equally, the group can also add value by saying, ah, oh, you're looking for somebody to do web design. I know Fred over here did a great job for me, or are oh, you looking for a contact in the hospitality industry? Ah, oh, we know these people locally. So, so that, um, that connecting goes on as well and collaboration. There's a number of them that are working together now on projects. Um, and then on Thursdays, we have a session which is. Um, a, a, a thought leadership type piece and that broadly is under three things we'll, we'll get some experienced successful business people to speak about their journey so inspiration mm. we have a theme of run your business better so that might be how to use social media um, how to do a cash flow forecast um, how to, to use ip um, it could be any of those sorts of things and the final theme is around finance and, and by finance that might be um, have you heard of R&D tax credits? Have you do you know what the latest grants are that are available from um, New Anglia? Um, do you know about um, VCTs or SEIS schemes? Um, so much, uh, and we'll have some bank finance type um, conversations as well. So, so just surrounding them with with information and support that enables them to grow
0: yeah well that's really impressive because that's one big issue when you're starting a business of who do you talk to and it yeah about and then you could put anything at the end of that sentence (laughs) because so often you're just finding your way in the dark unless you've got someone you can rely on and trust
1: and the the Thursday sessions are all recorded as well so we're building a really amazing library of um, experts not just locally but now sort of nationally and internationally who are speaking for us that um a new member can dip straight in and we've seen that happening more and more where somebody will come and say do you know what i've not heard about intellectual property and we can say ah oh, jeff morris from ip21 did a session on that a few weeks ago if you go to the recordings dig that one out it will give you an insight
0: great so is this something that you feel has been missing in suffolk as a whole um a sense that you know things just go on beneath the surface one of the big issues we have with Suffolk is that things not being necessarily too well known uh, and therefore when someone starts with this they don't know who to speak to they're not aware of who the leaders are in that field or an expert who they can talk
1: to well we're doing it one way and, and uh, we are finding some success and, and and we have a lot of members that are really happy with the progress that they are making, most importantly. I think there are other ways of doing that. Um, this, the chambers of commerce across Suffolk are very supportive, um, both at, at county level and the individual ones. Um, there's Mentor in Berris and Edmonds as well, who, you know, long-standing local um, group that particularly are very good in that first couple of years space mm-hmm. um, as their sort of target. Um, You know who who have provided advice for much longer than business growth coaches or or innovation labs have been around and are doing a really good job but there's space for everybody i think in you know there's so many um early stage businesses and and businesses that need support that that we can all play a part in helping them there's not one right way
0: yeah yeah well that's yeah very good um so uh, suffolk obviously is important to you not just because you brought up here and chose to move back but it sounds to me as though you know getting new businesses off the ground or helping them in those early years is important to you what's the difference with Suffolk from where from the other places that you've worked at
1: Uh, a a greater sense of community yeah I I I love the fact that it is that little bit understated as well Mm. um that we are not um a brash about it, um, that that people quietly get on with their their thing and and are very kind and um, helpful to each other. Um, you know, I know a, a group of um, in in Bereson Edmonds of, of really senior Suffolk business people that have have done extremely well over many years. They do loads of good to help others. But they won't, you know, they'd hate for me to tell you, to give you their names now. It's, it's the last thing that they would, would want mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will carry on doing great stuff, supporting local charities, um, supporting other businesses, setting other businesses up and providing funding to get people going. Um, but just done in a really lovely sort of Suffolk quiet way mm-hmm. um, that achieves so much and helps so many and provides income to many families. So, so I like that about Suffolk, um, uh, and if I can play my part in that, and, and business growth coaches and innovation labs can play their part in that, then all well and good.
0: So the third um, strand that we you mentioned earlier was was FIPS, um, which obviously does have a very clear focus on Suffolk. Um, you know, you you were involved in that from the beginning. How, how's how's that come about, and, and what's its purpose?
1: Mm. So, so finance, insurance, professional services is, is a huge um, area for Suffolk in terms of the income that it produces. The LEP um, has a number of, of key target sectors, financial services being one of those. There has been a long standing group in Norwich called FIG, mm. uh, uh, the finance and insurance group. And so um, the ambition from the LEP was to replicate that in Suffolk and, and being part of that skills group. Um, they asked me if I'd, I'd pull that together. Um, and, and that was the, you know, the foundation of it a couple of years ago. Um, the ambitions of the group are to promote Suffolk as a great place for financial services, to, uh, to promote higher value jobs in financial services here. So a part of that is working with the university in terms of creating the higher-level qualifications for, um, you know, local students to um, aspire to and acquire, so that they can get higher-paid and higher-value jobs, and hopefully keep some of those in the county as well, so they don't have to do what I did—that march all over the country—with um, the consequences of that. I mean, yes, you get great value from meeting lots of different people and and, and seeing lots of different things, but. You shouldn't need to have to do that. Um, those jobs should be here as well. Mm. So a big piece working with the university on creating those those roles. Um, and then encouraging inward investment. So encouraging other um, businesses in the sector to think of Suffolk as a great place to, to base themselves. And and suppose finally inspiring the next generation. So we do quite a lot of work with Willis Towers Watson. Um, you know, one of the global players in insurance based in Ipswich. Um, and, and, you know, the roles there are not just insurance brokers. They need um, digital people. They need um, reception staff. They need um, uh, hospitality staff. So so just thinking about Willis Towers Watson as a place you go because you want to be an insurance broker is no longer um, what it's all about. Um, so, so trying to explain that to the next generation, that there's these amazing companies that have a variety of roles uh, within them and, and getting that that out far and wide, really. And hopefully that leads some of those young people to think in a different way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And obviously the reason I got involved was very much the same story that... Um, I was frustrated I, I did lots of you know, I have done lots of qualifications as, as you've had to in your working life and I just reached a point where I couldn't do anything more in Suffolk I had to go somewhere else to do it so I had to do my master's degree in, um, in Manchester and I just I would love to be able to see that locally um especially as we have so much insurance related employment and you know financial planning and financial services and so on as well so yeah i just um suffolk is is remarkably well placed there's often this conversation about we're only an hour from london and i think we see that as a threat sometimes but actually that's a real positive in the sense of where you know why why you know pay the cost of living in wimbledon or something Um, when you could be in a much more idyllic part of the country and if you need to commute into the city, that's how far away you are.
1: And I think COVID um, has really started that. I mean, property is very scarce. I've been talking to a number of property companies in the last couple of weeks and it's just being snapped up by London uh, people wanting to get out. Mm. And I think that hour away, I mean, there's obviously a a migration from London to the southwest. Yes three four hours away yep. where there's this migration particularly to East Suffolk I think um, going on um, from talking to you know estate agents that anything that's about 600,000 um, pounds you know they're, they're buying them without even coming up and looking at them mm. um, at the moment so very scarce supply.
0: So is there then a challenge as to how we try and build them into our communities in the sense of um, utilising the knowledge and skills of people who have chosen to make Suffolk their home and have previously or or continue to work in the financial sector. Um, How we bring them in and and, and utilise this knowledge to to improve the growth opportunities for youngsters coming through.
1: Definitely, definitely. The more that we can, can find that are prepared to get up and speak in front of um, of, of the next generation in terms of explaining their journey, um, the opportunities they found, the pitfalls as well. Um, Mm -hmm. The better better that we can, uh, we were talking earlier. I've just bumped into someone who led led a very large national um, gaming um, organization, gaming as in computer gaming rather than um, the betting. Who happens to reside just outside Hadley? Um, who knew? Who knew? Yeah. And he's just left that business as as MD as they've been taken over. But along his journey, um, they'd had some bad times. Um, they bought it, the business out of administration. They then did a, 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 a placement of, of funding, raised 120 million pounds. Then run the business for another nine years before selling it. I mean, what, a, what an amazing story, sitting quietly just outside Hadley. I mean, I can't wait to get, get him on stage and inspire, you know, future um, generation yeah. of gaming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What a great opportunity. So how do you see the future developing and, first of all, the things that you're involved in and, and business in
1: Suffolk as a whole? I think um, one of the things that, that Suffolk is really good at, and, and um, Grant Thornton, do a sort of annual survey of the top 100 businesses in Suffolk, and they do that across all counties. And what you find with Suffolk from the data that that provides is in the, in whether good times or bad, we borrow a lot less money than Norfolk and, and Essex. And and I think Suffolk is based on older money, money that's Mm. been around for a while, passes from generation to generation. So we tend to be not so highly geared. That means in the good times, we don't do quite so well. Um, and it also means in the bad times, we really don't do it as badly either. Mm-hmm. So we will come out of this period of, of uncertainty in a better place than a number of, um, of counties, I suspect, um, which, will, which will give us a higher starting point. There'll be less, slightly less unemployment. Um, I think you know, West Suffolk has done very well for a long while, based on the the ripple effect from cambridge and Newmarket, in particular and and i think that the ripple effect from london is just starting to push into ipswich um, the waterfront is amazing um, you know the people that continue to work down there and develop that area and i know some of the plans that the um, ipswich borough council have got to continue that are really positive i mean walk along the, the waterfront there at eight in the morning or 8.30 in the morning it's just a wonderful place to be Mm. Um, and I think we will see that becoming a real centre and and, uh, an image that will be used far and wide of what a great place Ipswich is. So I'm really optimistic, really optimistic about the opportunities Um, as you said you know house prices and, and an hour from London and flipping that everybody runs to london to everybody runs to suffolk because you don't want to be in london i think will be hugely positive for us all
0: yeah i think uh i think you are you hit the nail on the head there's so many opportunities both from finances obviously we're particularly engaged in but you know technology too you see what's going on in Martlesham and the the, the impact that's having so yeah um, and one of the great things we've been able to do in the conversations we've had like this is see uh, the impact of agriculture and food and drink and how that's drawing people to the county as well.
1: The free port at, uh, at Felixstowe so we've got you know the key logistics hub um Martisham now produces more ai patents than anywhere else in the world goodness you know and, and we don't talk about that because we're suffolk we'll yes one tip one one tell the world about that but that is just an amazing stat um and, and you know there's a lot of, of talk about tech and tim robinson and tech east are doing an amazing yep. job of promoting yep. that um but it's all going on here you've got martlesham you've got the university with the Iwick. You've got innovation labs across the county. Um, we're looking at numerous new sites as we expand um, and others that are providing similar sort of spaces as well. Um, so I think it's really set well for Suffolk to really capitalise um, in a beautiful place as well. Mm. Not only is um, have we got the infrastructure um, that will continue to grow, but it's such a beautiful place to be.
0: Mm. But it's also a nice place to work. and. Um... Somewhere that, you know, having started a business myself 11 years ago, uh, people are friendly, they're willing to cooperate with you, there's support, there's a listening ear, as you said, I mean, you've put that together in a very professional way, that opportunity for someone to actually work alongside, but I think just informally, always feel people are happy to give you the time of day. I mean, you mentioned the um, School for Social Entrepreneurs with everything that was connected with that you know businesses were giving their time free of charge and um, you know they were willing to help people start up something of value to support the community so yeah I think Suffolk is one of the few places in the country where that could happen successfully.
1: Very much so and we've got a you know we've got a football team that's premiership in waiting now that the uh, takeover (laughs) has gone on you know and, and that will you know in all seriousness once that starts to head in the right direction that brings um, prosperity to the town of Ipswich which is which is needed um, so that's a very positive thing I think in terms of the next steps we can get that back into the championship and then the premiership um, that, that that will give us a feel-good factor as well.
0: So yeah looking to the future you were just talking about the positive aspects are, are there things that concern you within Suffolk where you could make some sort of a difference?
1: Well I think one of the projects that we're just getting involved in 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 ipswich where there are higher rates of of unemployment and um, and and perhaps slightly higher rates of social deprivation as well in terms of trying to make a difference there and help and and inspire so one of the projects we've just started with ipswich borough council is is to run a pop-up business school for needs Um, so we are waiting until we can do it face to face but we will, we will put um, a group of 24 um, young people um, not currently in work or employment through a two-week business school that will by the end of it will give them an insight into whether they want to run a business themselves or not um, I suspect of the 24 we'll have a few that decide it's not for them that mm. uh, the timing might not be right or it's just not what they want to do that would be great I think I- Ipswich Borough Council have got four of these projects one is the business school so we may signpost some of them to the other projects. One of those is the Creative Computing Club that Matt Applegate runs. Yeah. So we may well signpost some people into, into that, improving their digital skills, for example. And there's two other projects as well. But we'll, we'll come out of that sort of two-week pop-up business school with the needs, um, with a number of them hopefully wanting to, to say, yeah, you know, I want to take my idea on and we'll continue to provide them ongoing support for another six months um, as they get their business set up and running. So it's not just a two week and uh, go and get on with it, but we'll we'll try and encourage them and, and support them in those early days. Um, and, and Ipswich Borough Council have funded all of that and, and are really keen to try and help in that area. So all power to them really in terms of what they're trying to. That,
0: that can make a real difference to people's lives. Couldn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah. Let's hope so. I mean, if, you know, If from the 24, we got 10 new businesses in time, that's a game changer for those 10 and and the people around those 10. Mm. And even
0: just that experience of working sometimes, that can just be enough to give people a glimpse of some other things that might appeal to them in
1: a working environment. And raising that aspiration, I do do some work with with a variety of schools um, across the county in terms of being an enterprise advisor. One of the saddest um, moments that really affected me actually was I was in a school and we were talking to the, the group of um, 14 year olds about their aspirations. And, and it broadly, this is a little simplification, but it broadly went along these lines. My dad's a van driver, I'm gonna be a van driver. My mum works in a shop, is a hairdresser. I want to work in a shop or be a hairdresser. And that was the level of their ambition. And it it really affected me, I have to say. Really, I was very sad. Um, And and I think there is a lot of um, uh, uh, evidence that says, if you encounter seven business owners during your time in education, it will raise your aspirations. Mm -hmm. It will open the horizons for you. And I think for all of us in business, it's it's our responsibility to help to, to break that cycle. Um, and, it, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing if you're, you're, you're a van, your dad's a van driver and you want to be a van driver. That's not a bad thing. No. But at least consider other things. And it was the speed of that response of uh, I'm going to be like my dad or I'm going to be like my mum.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that was sad, really, that, they, you know, there wasn't that broader thinking of the opportunities in the world um, that are there. And an innovation labs is a part of that is trying to to broaden people's horizons and and help them to think differently, and hence the work with the needs will hopefully do the same. I've just always loved your optimism. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing that for someone who started in horticulture, um, your your focus has definitely been on growth all the way. All the way through your life, and the difference that you're making to, to people's businesses is absolutely phenomenal. I've found it absolutely fascinating talking to you today, Peter. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we we look forward with interest to see your next steps forward in uh, in helping businesses big and small as they seek to progress. So, so thank you so much for your time. That's been fascinating. Thanks,
1: Colin. Really enjoyed talking.
0: As always, do give us some feedback. Go on to our Facebook page, which is Suffolk Money, and uh, find us there. Leave us some comments. Give us some feedback. And uh, do the same on your podcast facility of choice, whichever one you're using. If you can give us some feedback through there as well, we'd love to receive that. Please do uh, recommend us to your friends so that they can get some benefit from the stories that we're bringing. And also if you've got any news items that you can keep us informed about, then we'd love to hear those as well. So we hope that we'll see you next time on Suffolk Money.